0: trend that's going viral. Oh,
1: come on. It's called the Pee Your Pants Challenge. That's basically what it sounds like. When I first saw it, I thought, you know what? We deserve the murder hornets. Yeah. We do deserve murder hornets. Yeah. Um, we We're going to talk sports. I just saw this. There's a bare knuckle fighting federation. I was unaware of this. Mm-hmm. We generally don't talk about it. I mean, that's rule number one. <laughs> uh, so it's boxing bare knuckle, uh, sure. which used to be a thing back in the day. They've offered, Yeah, I got about this afternoon. They've offered Mike Tyson $20 million to fight an opponent of his choice. Oh, gosh. Wow. Why would you let him have an opponent of his choice? Why would he just pick? I'll pick that lady over there. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Now give me my $20 million. I'll beat the crap out of her. Oh, geez. um
2: He's a peace-loving man. He's raising his pigeons. <laughs> Anyway, that we're you know we he's need a pot some... farmer now, is he? Yeah, yeah. He's got his a uh, Mike Tyson brand weed, and he's got like a yeah. yeah <laughs> Something doing... tells me it's pretty good. We need some sports,
1: and maybe that would be one of them. Uh, NBA opening up their training facilities, and what of the what's the NFL announced they're doing?
3: Well, they put out a statement that they would permit uh, around the middle of this month uh, all the training facilities to open up. With certain guidelines, but I was reading the ESPN coverage of it, and they're contradicting a lot of things they'd said just a day or two ago, and it's not clear if they have a testing regimen, and it it all seemed kind of vague and half uh, cocked. But um, they they want to as closely as they can stay on schedule in case they figure out uh, how to play games in the fall. Well, they're announcing the late summer fall.
1: They're announcing the schedule tonight, aren't they? Or did they change their mind on that? So they are announcing the schedule tonight.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, you have to do all these things just in case you're able to play, and I hope they can. I'm not sure exactly what that's going to look like, but, you know, you can test a couple of hundred people, uh, you know, every single day, I
2: guess. The guys are used to pain, so sticking a swab up their nose won't bother. We'll be going over your team's schedule tomorrow and predicting the wins and losses to see how they'll do on the season. Make sure you catch that. We'll start with the NFC Central. (laughs) But much more interesting than the question of the
3: schedule nor the training facilities is the story of Baltimore Ravens free safety Earl Thomas, who just uh, admitted to uh, an incident in which his wife held a loaded gun to her husband's head then chased him around the yard uh, because she caught him in bed with multiple women. Okay. Evidently, he was partying with his brother, and and they were getting down with some, uh, well, hoes, as the kids would put They
1: were courting some ladies.
3: They were courting some ladies, and and the wife finally figured out where he was and went with a gat and a knife, chased him around the yard, and the cops showed up and uh, said, both of you on the ground, they complied, and, and nobody got hurt. Really, uh, but I love his statement. Thirty-one-year-old Earl Thomas of the Baltimore Ravens. Stuff like this happens, bro. <laughs> <laughs> does, it? does it? Does it really? You know, I'm going to stop you right there, Earl. <laughs> Obviously, it does to you. But mm, as you know, as Jerry Seinfeld might say, you can't yada yada being in bed with a couple of hoes and your wife chasing <laughs> you around with a gun and a knife. Now, but wait, he's
2: not done. Stuff like this happens, bro. What's his wife's foot speed? This is a NFL safety. She was able to yeah.
1: keep up with him? Well, that's how, it's, it's how he remained unscathed. Well, I think he was trying to stay in bounds,
3: as it were. I'm he wasn't going to run down the street because he was only partially clothed. Uh, and, and so I think he wanted to stay within the confines of the yard. Uh, anyway, uh, he was running a good tight pattern. <laughs> let, me, let me finish his quote. Stuff like this happens, bro. We're trying to live the best life we possibly can. But sometimes it doesn't go as planned.
1: I hear that. (laughs) Best laid laid plans.
3: Yeah, he's got to get to working for politicians or corporations or something. Listen, some stuff like this happens, bro. We dumped a million gallons of mercury right into the Mississippi River. We're trying to live the best life we possibly can, but sometimes it doesn't go as planned. Sometimes it doesn't go as planned. Right, I would planned on getting with
1: a couple of hoes and having a big time well, I think what he's and then saying, going home and claiming I was at the gym. I think what he's saying is I was pl- I'd planned on not being this person, but it turns out I am. Which is kind of funny. It, it's a it funny thing be. to say.
3: He asked his followers on social media for prayers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Nothing
3: wrong with that.
1: Nope. Um uh Kevin McCarthy He's the uh, majority leader, minority leader. Is that right? Is that what he is? He's a white guy. He's a white guy, Kevin McCarthy of California. He is the uh, minority leader. He announced today I am announcing the Republican-led China task Force, and I invite the Democrats to join with us. Uh, the only reason I mention it is what is the China task force? is this uh, is this a uh, getting serious about looking at what China's doing to us? Is that what that's all about? I'll have to dig into that a little bit. Yeah, I don't I don't know how serious it'll be. Fresh on the heels of, I read this long article in the Wall Street Journal last night about how we're at, really at the worst point in China-U.S. relations since we started them 40 years ago, since Nixon and Henry Kissinger went into China. We're at the low point of relations with China, and where this is going to head, absolutely nobody knows, but I wonder if that's driving the whole china commission thing you know
3: i think i'd agree with that if only because things are clearly trending in a negative direction they've been trending uh, upward depending on how you look at the world you know hindsight being 2020 i'm not sure it was actually upward no it wasn't it absolutely wasn't it was
1: trending upward if you ignore reality and from China's standpoint... Or if you're making zillions of dollars. Yeah, or if you're making zillions of dollars, you're still ignoring reality. You're still ignoring the fact that they're slaveholders and they steal from the United States and cheat the world in all kinds of different ways. And you're just saying, but I'm making a lot of money, so I'm okay with it. Right? That, that's not relations trending upward, necessarily. That that would be, you know, my marriage is getting better and better. Uh, my husband uh, sleeps with multiple women at the same time, and I have to chase him out with a gun, but I, have, I live in a nice house, so... Yeah, yeah. Two-thirds of Americans currently have an unfavorable view of China, according to the Pew Research Center survey conducted last month. That's Only most, two-thirds. And that's the most negative assessment since they started asking the question, and a 20-point rise since the Trump administration began. Although you know, Trump should, I don't know what they meant by that in the Wall Street Journal to say since the Trump administration began, but. Uh, Trump called China out for what they are. You can't blame Trump for that. Hey, this is what they do. Right, world.
0: That may be the best thing Trump has done.
3: They are. Uh, This may be the best thing he's done is to, uh, you know, call out the emperor for having no clothes, the emperor being our relationship with China. You know what may be the very best proof of Trump derangement syndrome is the media, which is almost entirely lefties. They're constantly trying to find ways to sympathize with China or support China because Trump has been rough on China. Meanwhile, China has slaves. They have slavery. They have slavery used by giant American corporations. Could there be no, a more attractive honeypot for the lefty American media than that scenario? Are you kidding me? But they keep making excuses for the Chinese because they're Trump's adversary.
1: It's they absurd. They have millions of slaves. They make U.S. movies take gay scenes out of the movie. They have concentration it. camps
3: for minorities. Have I gotten your interest yet? Nope. Okay.
1: Uh, China's p- president Xi Xi are also at uh, approval ratings all time lows in the United States, and he has presided over a China policy. Many or, or Trump has presided over a China policy that is seen as the toughest in forty years of relations. While he praises she uh, and their friendship in public, which some people find as uh, like an evidence evidence of him being crazy or a mixed message or whatever. It's completely I, inexplicable. It's, it's it's completely explicable, unless you're a moron. <laughs> right. He's doing the thing that lots of people do. I'm trying to be nice to him while I gut him. Right, exactly. I'm smiling on their face while behind your, their back.
3: I'm working as hard as I can to to undermine them and get an advantage. How why is that so confusing? Well, a lot of media people, particularly in the current age because traditional media revenue is way down, and so instead of having a bunch of, you know, 40 to 55-year-olds with enormous uh, experience in both work and life, they got a bunch of 20-somethings who all they know is what their professor taught them. So they just they, they have no real-world experience, no perspective.
1: Uh, back in China, party propaganda targeted Mr. Pompeo, our Secretary of State, in an unusual searing attacks directed at U.S. senior political figure. In an evening news bulletin recently, China Central Television, which of course is run by the government, called the Secretary of State of the United States public enemy of mankind and evil for smearing China over the coronavirus. Their official news organization that goes out to all Chinese through the whole country called the Secretary of State of the United States uh, a public enemy of mankind and evil.
3: Not That's I'm, sure Mike, China. I'm sure Mike Pompeo considers that high praise.
1: Th- those are some bad relations between two countries. And having read the Kissinger book and a whole bunch of speeches I've watched him give about how do we avoid war with China in the future, he would usually start with you know, uh, the populations of both countries not coming to see the other as an enemy. Well, that has happened. That has clearly happened. Mm. I don't know about the population of China, but we know what the government is telling them. Right. Uh, Well,
3: and it'll stick at some
1: point. And we now know what the population of the United States believes, as two-thirds have a bad view of China. So that has happened. The populations of both countries now see the other as a foe.
3: But it's definitely a dangerous situation but I could also see you know a lot of negotiations a lot of relationships reach a a, a truly uncomfortable point before solutions are found so it's not necessarily going to go sideways but it certainly could but but again as we've been discussing it had to it had to get to this incredibly uncomfortable point unless we just had more successive administrations whistle past the graveyard and pretend that you know, as, as the original idea was that economic liberalization would lead to political liberal, liberalization. Not going to happen. They're well, dictating more dictator than ever.
1: Looks like you can lump Brett Favre in with Shake Shack and Harvard for taking money and uh, then being publicly shamed to give it back. Brett Favre? Brett Favre, <laughs> of all people. Among other things we got coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. about Kevin is starting spring training or spring training in the middle of June at some point. June 10th is a day that's been thrown out there by the former player Trevor Pluth. That's something that teams are telling some players but not all players are hearing that and the idea is to come back also after that June 10th or so spring training at the beginning of July whether it's July 1st or the first week in July. That's really optimistic at this point because there's still a lot of things that Major League Baseball has to do in order to get that in place. Okay, well, we touched on the NBA and the NFL. Thought we'd touch on Major League Baseball since that season is supposed to be going on right now.
2: Yes, and it is uh, missed bitterly. I need more guitar riffs and sports reporting. Yeah. yeah.
1: What, uh,
3: any show that has to have rock music going <laughs> like that during it, do you know why that is? Because their content creates no excitement. <laughs> that was a rambling mess of a
1: statement. Yeah, I was trying to figure out. So, what are you saying? It could start in July, but maybe not. <laughs> Go on. Uh, uh, Final sports note, but this isn't really sports. One of the most famous sports stars in America, certainly in previous decades. Former NFL quarterback Brett Favre is repaying $1.1 million in welfare money that he received for multiple speeches where he did not show up. A Mississippi State auditor said Wednesday. Um Far will repay the entire amount. He sent back a half a million. Now he's going to send back the other 600000 What What are you doing taking high six-figure fees for speeches and then not doing them? I don't know. Fly to
3: Mississippi. Say, well, teamwork is really how I got to where I am. And then go <laughs> home. What's the matter with you?
1: The center paid a Brett Favre uh, $500,000 in December of 2017, then six hundred grand in June of 2018. And he was supposed to make speeches for three events, but then he didn't.
3: Well, and here's my question from, <laughs> for the university.
1: After he didn't show
3: up for the first half-million-dollar speech, <laughs> well, you figured you'd pay him six hundred and he might show his face?
2: <laughs> yeah, what, 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 we just what, didn't offer him enough.
3: What are you... Well, I thought we had him when we gave him a half-million. Better up the ante. Oh, speaking of upping the ante, you're if you're right. just tuning you in, you show
1: up, you give some half thought out speech about teamwork, you sign some footballs, and you go home. But drop you didn't even... a bunch
3: of names, whatever,
1: <laughs> whatever. Aaron Rodgers and
3: I had an uncomfortable relationship. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> oh, they'd lap it up. Are you kidding? <laughs> So, if you're just tuning in, we are we have live team coverage of the Steve Mnuchin-Axel Rose Twitter war. As Axel Rose officially declared Steve Mnuchin an a-hole, I didn't know that he had that statutory power, but I've looked it up, and indeed it's, it's an obscure post with the federal government, but Axel Rose is indeed the uh, national chairman of declaring who's an a-hole, so more on that. San Francisco's health department confirmed that the city is administering alcohol, tobacco, medical cannabis, and other substances, including uh, methadone and meth, Um, well, is it meth? No, I guess it was methadone. I misread that. Uh, In an effort to prevent people quarantined or isolating in city-leased hotels from going outside to get the substances themselves.
1: How do you like that? How do you like that, taxpayer? So you give the homeless a hotel room that you're paying for, and then you buy their beer and drugs, because if you don't buy their beer and drugs, they might go out and spread the corona around.
3: Well, actually, the, the it's not taxpayer money being used to administer the substances, allegedly only private donations. Okay. But everything else they're getting is taxpayer money, so well, whoever know, money don- being fungible. Whoever
1: donated that money, did you think it was going to be going to buy in six packs? For homeless people in the hotel, so they can drink in their room?
3: Alcohol abuse, which is widespread among the city's homeless population, due in part to its easy availability, is also a
1: concern. You know where they get the money for the, the booze? There's, when they sit on the corner with that a cardboard sign that says, please help God bless, and you morons give them money, they go to the liquor store and buy some booze, you idiots. What? Healthcare department workers
3: are calculating how much alcohol a hotel guest needs to stave off the effects of mild withdrawal. They're calculating. Mild the m- withdrawal from alcohol. Boo hoo hoo. Right. Right. Uh, for these guests, the medical staff are calculating the minimum medically appropriate amounts of alcohol and distributing it with meals. Alcohol withdrawal is the only one you can die from, they say. Practically uh, nobody man. does. So. I can show up in San Francisco say, I got no home. <laughs> and they'll give me a hotel room, booze, and drugs. I got no home. So you used to have to pay many hundreds of dollars for that on a Saturday night in San Francisco. Now they'll give it to you. Find some, this is a great country. Find some
2: cabbie to be your shady middleman.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
3: The Armstrong and Getty
1: Show. So new numbers are out for people filing for uh, unemployment um, help, and uh, it's 3.2 million, which brings our total up to about 33 million in seven weeks. 20% of the workforce laid off in a seven-week period, which is absolutely heard of, unheard of. And, Uh, and,
3: you know, our, our vocabulary is beginning to be insufficient to the task I feel like a dinosaur witnessing the giant meteor uh, hitting the Yucatan Peninsula and wiping out all life. The dinosaur saying, "This
1: is unprecedented." <laughs> yeah, it it really is. It's just a yeah, it Doesn't the words don't live up to what's happening? Right. Yep. Craziness. Oh, yeah. And how it's all
3: going to uh, play out over time? Who knows? Unlike the giant lizards of old, I think we will have a pretty good bounce back. uh I, I mean.
1: I hate to even Depen- get into it. Depends on how you look at it. And depends how this son of a gun mutates, too. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, assuming it, assuming that doesn't happen, um, the economy will bounce back. And I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be more V-like than you like. And, uh, you know, people go out and spend and blah, blah, blah. But we spent those trillions of dollars. That's not... There's no fix in that. Uh, oh, yeah. The Wall Street Journal thinks it'll be a total, when all said and done, of $8 trillion. Yeah. That money got spent, that happened because of this damned disease, and uh, that has to be dealt with. Whether we all start going to restaurants and movies again, and, you know, like consumer spending goes back up, that'll that's a nice, for now, situation.
3: Yeah, we're spending like, you know, coke binge sailors on leave, but tax revenue is way up too, so... Oh, wait a minute. So it no, would tax be...
1: revenue is way, way down. Well, t- t- try to make it simple to understand. So we've got a uh, cocaine habit, and we lost our job. Yes. Oh, that's bad. Well, we're about to get our job back. Okay, that's good news. We got our job back. We're still a we're still cocaine addicts who spend more money than we take in. Yeah. But we got our job back, which is really good. Yeah, well, it's better than nothing. Well, it is. So, you know, it, again, it depends on how you look at it. Um so the the new uh woman who got hired to be the White House press secretary
3: that's uh, uh, sexual harassment i apologize toxic masculinity
1: who uh doesn't she have wasn't she like a miss america or a bachelorette or see, she's got some Claim to fame, hottie-wise, doesn't she? Uh, I'll like she some... went to
2: Harvard. I haven't seen any Miss Americas.
1: No, no, no. It's not. It's not Miss America. It's not bachelorette. Those are. The, the, but it's. It's some. She may have been Miss Georgia or something. She was I something. can't remember. Anyway, yeah. um, she got into it with the press yesterday, and it's the first time, I, I haven't really, I haven't really heard her do her job because you know Trump kind of took over being his own press secretary for quite a while, and here's here's the new person dealing with the press.
0: Um, Kaylee, in a previous life, before you were press secretary, you worked for the campaign. And you made a comment, I believe, on Fox, in which you said President Trump will not allow the coronavirus to come to this country. Given what has happened since then, obviously, would you like to take that back? Well, first let me note, I was asked a question um, on Fox Business about, President's travel restrictions. I noted what was the intent behind those travel restrictions, which is, we will not see the coronavirus come here. We will not see terrorism come here, referring to an earlier set of travel restrictions. I guess I would turn the question back on the media and ask similar questions. Does Vox want to take back that they proclaim that the coronavirus would not be a deadly pandemic? Does the Washington Post want to take back that they told Americans to get a grip the flu is bigger than the coronavirus? Does the Washington Post, likewise, want to take back that our brains are causing us to exaggerate the threat of the coronavirus? Does the New York Times want to take back that fear of the virus may be spreading faster than the virus itself? Does NPR want to take back that the flu was a much bigger threat than the coronavirus? And finally, once again, the Washington Post, would they like to take back that the government should not respond aggressively to the coronavirus? I'll leave you with those questions, and maybe you'll have some answers in a few days. Kaylee, thank you very much. Yeah. So that's Kaylee
1: McKeeney. She's the new White House press secretary. I got to believe the press's reaction to that, to a certain extent, was, "Oh, dang, she prepares. This isn't this isn't this isn't Sean Spicer. Oh, crap."
3: <laughs> she had that one ready to go. Yeah, that's some fine pundit. Uh, although, uh, listen, and this is a good example. We're going to talk about the whole mask truther thing a little bit later. Probably. Um, But this is one of those where I think my tribe is supposed to be, yeah, yeah. But honestly, we need transparency at all levels of government. And the free press has got to be able to grill, um, you know, the government. And she's right about all that stuff, the hypocrisy of it. Absolutely. I just wish we could. But at the same time, you know, it's not a sacred principle that our country was founded on that the government gets to grill the press. I mean, I'm just just not a priority.
1: <laughs> That's an excellent point. I uh, I would I wish we could kind of put this to bed though. The whole the president, Nancy Pelosi, me, a whole bunch of people. Certainly the media under under expected where this was going to go. The whole world did. You know right. why? Because it hasn't happened before. And all the SARS and H1N1s and everything like that, they didn't turn out to be anything like this. Well, so how and, about we all just decide we were we were really wrong about that and move forward?
3: And on this uh, day, the year of our Lord uh, twenty twenty, May the seventh, we still have enormous question marks about this stinking Chinese bat fever. So yeah, shouting at who was least knowledgeable on February one is not that useful. At
1: now this point. the why the CDC said yeah we got tests ready to go and they didn't and all that stuff that needs to be drilled down one hundred percent, clear to the bottom. And who was telling what, what, and who told Trump that? And I'm I'm fine with that.
3: But all this bickering is tearing us apart. Witness the bitter Twitter war between Steve (laughs) Mnuchin and Axel Rose. If you're not up on the particulars (laughs) of that, we will have them for you in seconds. Welcome
1: to my Twitter!
3: It is (laughs) incredibly funny and odd. But uh, first, a a word from our friends at Safe, the best overall home security system of 2020, according to U.S. News & World Report. And they're right, because... Simply Safe, which is curiously spelled S I M P L I. Simply Safe. It has your doorbell alert. It has your cameras and your motion sensor. All the good stuff for a home security system, but none of the bad, expensive stuff.
1: Finally, comprehensive protection for your home, and you don't need somebody to come out to your house and hook it up and all that sort of stuff. For
3: hundreds of dollars.
1: Hundreds of dollars, super expensive, and takes a lot of time. Nope. Uh, you order it online, you set it up yourself in under an hour, and your home is protected 24-7 with emergency dispatch for break-ins, fire, and more. About 50 cents a day, you're not locked into a contract like you are with a lot of these other systems. That's why it's the best overall home security, according to U.S. News & World Report.
3: Here's what you do to get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. Risk-free. SimpliSafe.com slash Armstrong. Again, it's S-I-M-P-L-I. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong, so they know you're an A&G fan and you came, uh, you know, from our word. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong.
1: I've been kind of getting into Guns N' Roses lately, like really for the first time. I mean, I was aware of oh, those really? I played them as a disc jockey when they hit the scene, so I'm aware of that stuff. But yeah. I never really just, I was never really that into it. Well, they were a great hard rock band. I mean, great, highest uh,
3: you know echelon. Oh, and their, s-
1: their sales send were... your
3: stupid angry emails because you like different music than I do. But they're a great band.
1: Well, their sales are just insane. Of course, they they yeah. caught the period of t- of time where selling albums made you wealthy. They they could hit the scene now and they sure. each, they'd each have five hundred dollars. Yeah, that's uh, just the way it is. Oh, yeah,
3: I heard it uh, once said of the Beatles that that was one of the few times in music history where the best band was the most popular band. Um, and Guns N' Roses was kind of like that too. Uh, so they they hit it both in terms of art and and commerce. But they couldn't get along. Uh right. Yeah. Well, like a lot of musicians, they're all half crazy and/or on substances, and that tends to make relationships a little difficult to uh to keep together. But uh, yes, you heard correctly, Axel Rose. I- Uh, And the Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, are in a Twitter war. We all feared this would happen. How did this start? Well, for some reason, Axel Rose, who almost never tweets. So let me guess. Let me
1: guess. So Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, had a strong post about how that whole Civil War album was terrible. What was the name of that album? But anyway, so he really use your illusions, parts one and two. So he really blasted that last album. Yeah. And Axel wouldn't say, is that what it was?
3: Yeah, Use Your Illusion 2 was a bowl full of number two, if you know what I mean. Signed, Steve Mnuchin, rock on! <laughs> now, evidently, in his fourth tweet of the year, the portly Guns N' Roses frontman tweeted, It's official. Whatever he, whatever anyone may have previously thought of Steve Mnuchin, he's officially an a hole. <laughs> that was Axel Rose's fourth tweet of the year. Yes. And I like this. Uh, this journalist says it is unclear what provoked Rose's tweet. Hmm,
1: no, we have more information on that. We oh, do do I had I had girlfriends back in the day that thought Axl Rose was so hot, and I just never got it. I just I couldn't I couldn't oh, see well, no, it. No,
2: what they were saying was he was rich and successful and famous, <laughs> <laughs> which is for a lot of women, you know, hot. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, it came after when Trump visited that mask plant in Arizona. Yes. And live and let die. Was blaring in the background. Okay, and so he took some offense we to die. his song being used Ooh. for for said purposes. No, mm. oh, shut up! And for some reason, blamed Minuchin for it, which I don't fully understand. But that's this article is hypothesizing that that was the mm. the the crux of the the tweet. That's how their two paths cross. Yes. You know, listen. As an aside, as
3: an alleged songwriter and musician, the idea that if your song is somewhere in the background, everybody assumes that's an endorsement of what's happening is absurd, obviously you know if if they start playing thunderstruck at the bull riding the the guys in a c d c don't think oh i, I don't like i don't like riding bulls. <laughs> nobody thinks that chase <laughs> anyway so uh for for some so Axel Rose apparently is affronted by the the, uh, the playing of the song and says Steve Minuchin's officially an a-hole I don't know how you get that official designation you know application process whatever uh Mnuchin, uh then blasts back because he couldn't let it go uh yes apparently learning from his boss and from going ahead and,
1: has been uh, rock and roller you just can't let it lie out there. Uh, Right. Um,
3: (laughs) So Mnuchin blasts back, yeah, what have you done for the country lately? And tags his tweet with a Liberian flag, which (laughs) caused a fair amount of head scratching. (laughs) And uh, he later replaced that with the correct flag, the stars and stripes, but... uh, you know, as uh, Jeffrey Goldberg from the Atlantic editor said, Axel Roge and Steve Mnuchin are apparently fighting on Twitter. I don't think anyone saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes understatement is the
1: funniest thing. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, that is funny. Well, I hope they can work this out. <laughs>
3: i hope they can't are you kidding <laughs> i hope it goes on for years i hope it becomes deeply personal
1: <laughs> i'm sorry i hope they can't work this out
3: <laughs> oh i'd like to thank both
1: of them for lifting our spirits during these challenging times uh yeah that is good um i think top of next hour assuming next hour of the show we're going to get into the um the ideology behind uh, mask truthers and people who will wear them and won't wear them and what that means for the country and then where this might be all headed in terms of our uh, disagreements over this sort of stuff. I think it's a, really an interesting conversation. It's some thorny, I think, political science stuff. But Yeah, yeah, it is. And I, uh, I'm, I'm feeling a little nervous about it, frankly. Tesla might be reopening their uh, factory in the Bay Area. Georgia's is giving out driver's licenses to people that haven't taken driver's tests. All Among Stories, we can bring you coming up.
0: Armstrong and Getty. This is a surprise. Overwhelmingly, the people were at home. 18% of the people came from nursing homes. Less than 1% came from jail or prison. 2% came from the homeless population. 2% from other congregate facilities. But 66% of the people were at home, uh, which is shocking to us. Yeah,
1: those are some of the interesting numbers that came out of New York yesterday. Hit you with some numbers here. Um, first of all, I'm looking at this graph Axios put out today. If you take out New York City Corona cases in the United States, because their curve went up high, as we all know, and has gone way down, but they were such a bulk of the cases that they have an effect on the overall curve. If you look at a chart, if you look at a chart where you take out the New York cases, it is up, 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 up for the rest of the country. Hmm. Our, Our view of this whole thing might be different. If you looked at a chart where you take the New York numbers out of it. So you take New York out and it has not peaked? Is that what we're saying? Uh boy it sure doesn't look like it on this chart. Mm. <laughs> in terms of cases, and of course that has to do with testing and all that. Oh,
3: sort of stuff. wait a minute. You sucked me in. I will not listen to any discussion of cases. All right.
1: Um uh getting back to the New York numbers that came out yesterday. So New York had uh they had this, you know. When was their peak? A month or so ago. So they've had a chance to dig into the numbers and get an idea. Percentage of COVID-19 patients in New York hospitals. Now, you actually made it to the hospital, so this isn't just tested positive. Um, had an underlying health condition, 96%. Yikes. So that continues to be a major, major portion of this whole thing. You hear stories of people that were perfectly healthy, but the, healthy, but those must be outliers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why they're so notable and get covered. I, I just
3: wonder how severe an underlying uh, underlying health condition. I mean, like high blood pressure. Half the population
1: has that. Yeah, uh, We're over the age of 50, 73 percent. Contracted at home, as you just heard the governor say, 66 percent. Not exactly hmm. sure what's going on there.
3: Well, yeah, I guess if somebody goes out they uh. Uh, they're the person who gives it to you at home. If anybody in your household goes out ever, then, you know, you got it at home, but you got it from somebody out of
1: the home. Yeah, maybe it's just that. It's incredibly contagious. Some of us, and nobody exactly knows why, are really susceptible to it being bad. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of us aren't. Yeah, you can bring it into your house, and if you don't have one of those people that's susceptible to it being bad, you don't even really know it came to your house, which is interesting. Um. Uh. Half the people who were hospitalized in New York were unemployed. How does that factor in? Wow. Are African American or Latino? Almost half. That probably fits in with some of the economics for a variety of reasons, but... Right. Retired, 37%. So retirement gives you the Chinese bat flu. I don't know how you could look at it any other way. Right. It's clear. Um, Then you've got this other chart that looks at... Uh, Cases in various places across the country. They break it down into the Midwest, West, South, Northeast. Um, Can you link the cases to New York? Genetically linked to New York, as in it got spread from people coming from New York. 78% of the cases in the West came out of New York. Really? Yeah, half on the West Coast, but you get further in. That'd be all your Salt Lake Cities, Idaho's, all the way down through Texas, all that sort of thing. As they break down this map, 78% it came out of New York, Midwest, 78%, South, 82%, and then Northeast, 92%. So New York is clearly the ground zero of this thing spreading across the country. Even though it started in California, it looks like the first death anyway that has been nailed down was in California. It really spread out in New York, which might give more ammunition to that idea that it's a different strain of some sort. Right right well I remember reading a couple of weeks ago that there was the uh, straight from China strain then the
3: somewhat mutated European strain that hit the east coast but right. I haven't read a lot of follow up on that and so much is changing day to day on yeah. what's known what's yeah. not
1: but so if it if it traveled through the west coast way back in like December early January but it was and a it different it almost certainly did and almost certainly did and it was a different weaker strain so people weren't dropping dead like flies Mm-hmm. Uh, is that crowd immune to the bad strain? Nobody no, I knows, don't that. Know. Nobody knows I, that.
3: I don't know. I do know that Cuomo is just like so many others. Gavin Newsom of California. Oh, Gavin Newsolini of California, his wow. new moniker.
1: That's better than my Adolph Newsom.
3: Yes, yes it is.
1: <laughs> anyway,
3: uh, guys like Gavin Newsolini and, and uh, Cuomo... And Scott Walker, back in the last election, they were great first interviews. Man, you're impressed. You thought, oh, this guy's a rock star. But the, the more you hear him, the more uh, Cuomo's a rambling mess. He's an odd bird. That thing, I, I can't stop thinking about his uh, rambling speech the other day where he was talking about uh, you're talking about opening up and. We could lose lives. What's a life worth? I think it's priceless. Every life is absolutely priceless. And that is such a dodge. It occurred to me uh, <clears throat> this morning when I was thinking about it that that's like me saying to my wife, the value of these new golf clubs I want to buy, it's the priceless. It's almost impossible to put a value on them. That's a dodge from explaining why I have valued them at what I have. Hey, uh, uh, Governor Cuomo, everything's a trade. You're trading lives of corona versus lives of cancer testing and getting medical care or or lives that are lost through poverty or whatever. You uh, Don't pretend you're not making a choice. You are making a choice.
0: Armstrong and Getty.